I'm Kay Cornish, editor of My VIP, the customer magazine for Pets at Home, and I'd like to welcome you to the Pets at Home Kitten podcast. The idea with this series of podcast episodes is to take you through everything you need to know from planning for a kitten all the way through to their first adult years, really, where we're going to cover everything from what you should do to kitten-proof your home, what to feed them, how to play with them, how to understand them. And to do this, I will be joined by many expert guests. And with their advice and support, we are hoping to help you and your new pet have a wonderful time together. So hope you enjoy them. Let's crack on. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Pets at Home Kitten Podcast. This episode is all about your kitten getting to know the family and understanding and getting to know their environment better. The health and emotional well-being of your kitten as an adult will largely depend on how carefully and sensitively it was cared for in the first few weeks of their lives. But once you've got your kitten and welcome them into your family, they're not only growing physically, they're also learning about the world and developing their own unique personalities. So Continuing to raise your kitten in a nice environment and with careful handling can help them adjust to living with humans and all the experience that this normally entails. So once again, I'm joined by Carleen Herman, who is head of Pets at Pets at Home and also a qualified vet. Hello, Carleen. Hello. So, Carleen, we've covered off bringing your kitten home in a previous episode. In fact, we've covered off quite a lot of stuff that we're probably going to talk about again in previous episodes, which I will flag. But Let's start with introducing your kitten to existing pets, maybe? Yeah, obviously we've covered introducing your kitten to the home, as in getting them settled and everything in a previous episode. So I won't won't go over that again, but really you want to give your kitten time to settle in before you start introducing any, any new pets. So ideally, if you can do that in a separate room, that would be the ideal scenario. Or sometimes people use um, a large crate maybe in the living room. So again, to have some kind of physical barrier, because even if you settle your kitten into your house in a different room, it will probably have smelled other pets in the yeah. house. And the other pets would have smelled the, the, the new kitten. You know, there's obviously lots of different pets you, your kitten might need to get introduced to, but the two main ones will probably be either an existing dog or, or an existing cat. Yeah. And what I would say is that introducing a kitten into an existing cat household is actually trickier potentially than, than a dog one. Why are yeah. cats more territorial than dogs? Is that why? Yeah, cats cats like to be on their own, actually. They're solitary oh. animals, so they do like their own space. So while they can live quite happily with, with dogs, actually um, having more than one cat in a household can can cause problems. And they're not always always that, that visible either. You, you can actually start the introduction between pets before you acquire your kitten as well. So you can ask the breeder or the rescue centre if maybe they've got a blanket or, or a bed or you can take a blanket along to get the kitten smell on it and then take it home to let your existing pet smell it. Or once the kitten is in your home, start exchanging bedding. So start with mixing smells. You can get a rag in, in cats, you know, when they rub their face Mm-hmm. Um, something that obviously gives off pheromones or, or you know some kind of smells so rub it onto their, their face and their chin to get some smell of them and then start mixing it so they, they get used to it always always do introductions slowly and carefully and never jump to the next step until you're happy that both parties are are seem comfortable um 
So once you've done the smells, you can then move on to maybe visual introductions, but I would still keep a, keep a barrier, especially with a dog and a cat. You get some dogs that love to chase cats and kittens and a kitten running away can sort of trigger that, that sort yeah. of pre- drive so so mm-hmm. you, you you want to try and test that out with a good barrier in between before before letting them loose yeah I guess especially with dogs that are predisposed to chasing small fast furry things like terriers yeah or even your sight hounds so you know yeah. your greyhounds they 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 can be renowned for for yeah for chasing cats as well so so yeah do 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 think about that once um you know you think both both seem seem uh, both parties seem happy and comfortable you can actually get them to meet physically obviously always supervised and and um ideally have two people present one for each pet to sort yeah. of hold them back or, or grab them yeah. if, if maybe things um, do go a bit wrong. Always try and do introductions when when both pets are are calm, because if they're overly excited, it's not going to go go well. Okay, so I guess that's where your pheromone products come in. I mean, I guess the, the, the calming products are different for cats and dogs. So if you've got a multi pet household, how would that work? Yes, they are different for cats and dogs. So obviously, different species have different pheromones. I mean, generally, I think pheromones are are used more most often with multiple cats a multi-cat household um, or to settle a new pet into the home so unless you've got a really existing anxious dog if you've got a dog and 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 you're introducing a kitten I would maybe concentrate on the cat pheromones rather than the necessarily dogs unless your dog becomes really anxious and then you can use that instead I wouldn't use both at the same time because it it might get a bit confusing even though the other species might not react to the smell they, they will be able to smell it so yeah. it, it probably doesn't doesn't yeah. uh, yes, work presence that they're not used to so yeah, yeah. muddying the waters somewhat yeah there are loads of different types for for cats you know one specifically designed for multi-cat households or just general stress and the sort of plugins collars travel sp- uh, travel sprays things like that you can use so once they've physically met, um, obviously repeat that a few times, make sure both pets are, are comfortable. You can then start having longer sessions together and then sort of build up the time that they are physically together. Again, always supervised until obviously they're just living together as, as you want them to be um, eventually. With cats, if you have multiple cats, the, the number of resources is really important. And I know we've talked about that before, yeah. but with resources, we mean things like food, water, litter tray, toys, hiding places, resting places. So make sure there are plenty available. And, and by that, I don't just mean have two food balls next to each other, because to a cat, that is just one food ball. You're going to have to have them in different locations. Same with litter trays. There's no point having two litter trays right next to each other, because for the cat, that is the same place. So you yeah. will have to think about putting them in different places. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, they don't they don't share toilets. I suppose sometimes if oh no, because yeah, if Claire mentioned in a previous episode, if it's a brother and sister, then they might want to have a bigger bed and snuggle up together, but not not two cats that don't know each other. That's not really going to happen, is it? Yeah, I mean, with siblings, you've got the highest chance of if mm. you you get two kids at the same time and the siblings, that's probably your best chance of them really getting on. Cats can get on, but I would say as a you know, as a general rule, um, don't don't expect them to, especially if you have an adult cat already and you're introducing a kitten. Um, yeah. Don't expect them to be best buddies. No, they are. I mean, yeah, people always wonder why cats are aloof. It's just, yes, because they just prefer their own company. They'll tell you when they want company. 
Okay, so let's move on to small children, toddlers and small children. It's important to explain to small children that they do obviously have to be extremely gentle when handling kittens, but it's also they don't want to traumatise the kittens by picking them up and playing with them constantly, waking them up. Like we've said before, kittens need a lot of sleep, so I assume a lot of patience is required. Yeah, obviously never leave them unsupervised. Also, um, you know, kittens have got teeth and nails and when they're playing, especially with hands and feet, which we would never recommend, they can do quite a lot of damage. So the last thing you want is your child to get scratched or bitten, even if it's just through play and sort of be traumatised after after that. So, yeah, gentle handling um, should always be sort of instigated by the kitten rather than the other way around. So, you know, teach children not to run up to a kitten and, and, and pick it up or make it play or force cuddles. It should be up to up to the kitten as to when they want it. OK, and also, yeah, don't punish toilet mishaps or nips and scratches. You know, gentle handling is key, but also don't tell them off if the claws and the teeth come out because they're just behaving naturally as they would. Yeah, when, when when they, you know, if they play really vigorously and they start playing with, with hands and feet, the best thing is to just um, get a toy involved and redirect that play behaviour onto onto the toy. Um, never let them play with your, your hands and feet. All right, so when it comes to playtime, we're, we're really talking about the environment and, and getting to know the family, but play is going to come into a lot of that. And we do have an entire episode um, dedicated to toys and play preferences. But just for now, quickly, how do you teach... Carlene, how do you teach a kitten to play? I mean, does it does it come naturally to them? I'm assuming, you know, they're, they're a baby, so it must do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, play is, is, is just for fun for kittens, but it is part of learning to hunt, really. Mm. Um, that's playing. You can just imagine all the movements they make is sort of um, training them for, for, for hunting behaviour. But it's also an important way to help them develop social skills, I guess. But as we've said before, obviously, you should never force a kitten to play. I think it's quite difficult, to be honest, if they don't want to play. They don't want to play. And, and, and you know, make sure they initiate um, play and let you know when, when they're ready. So make sure there's always some toys um, available, although it's good to rotate them a bit and not have them all out at the same time because they will get bored. And obviously, if they start playing themselves, you can join in. Cool. OK. And is it possible to teach a kitten its name? Yeah, you, you can. I mean, the, the recall maybe isn't sort of as good as, as some dogs might be, yeah. but absolutely, you can you can teach them to recognise their name. Probably a lot of it is down to how we say it as well, you know, like the pitch and stuff, because often mm-hmm. we raise our voice when we, when mm-hmm. we speak to our, to our pets. But yeah, just, you know, using it when you want to get their attention, when you're feeding them during playtime and grooming, and, and obviously then rewarding them with, with maybe a treat and, and obviously plenty of affection when they do come to you and called, because that then reinforces that behaviour. Yeah, so they're not too dissimilar to dogs in that sense, but obviously not as much. But yeah, I guess grooming is also a great way to bond with new people or unfamiliar humans that they may not be used to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would I would always say, you know, as the owner, make sure you get them used to grooming first. I wouldn't sort of get strangers to come in. And, and, oh, and it's a really nice bonding activity. So, you know, there's loads of different brushes and, and combs available, you know, to, to suit whether you've got a short or, or a long-haired cat. Short-haired cats obviously need, need grooming a lot less. Um, for long-haired cats, it's essential. But I would even um, make sure you get a, a short-haired cat used to grooming. See, you do get these really nice brushes that, you know, they're almost not doing a lot for the coat, but it's almost like a little massage for, for your cat. And mm-hmm. it's just a really good way to get them used to you 
running your hands all over them and being touched everywhere, which can yeah. be useful when, when they go to the vets. Yeah. Yeah, good point. And also when uh, they've got to put fingers in their mouth and stuff like that. (laughs) So, yeah, so get used to, you know, checking, you know, having a look in their ears, opening their mouth, you know, do those those things quite regularly. um, So so they're used to it, you know, feeling pores and um, and running your hands all over them. But, you know, if you can't show any any sort of distress or, or, you know, signs they don't like it, obviously always stop. And go back little and often is key and then yeah. build it, build it up. I mean, you get you get some cats. My cat, if I get the brush out and tap it on the bed, he'll come running from wherever he is. <laughs> so um usually cats do have areas that they don't like touching. So, you know, find out what those are, but do persevere little and often and then try yeah. and get them used to it as much as you can. Cool. Okay. And also we are going to be covering off body language in an entire episode as well which I'm looking forward to because that's going to be fascinating just for now it's important when socializing your kitten to know when they're happy like you just said just learn the the signs of 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 when they're happy and when they're not yeah and and you know body language in cats will cover it in another in another yeah. episode, but um can sometimes be a bit bit hard to to read but I think when when they're happy, um, you will know. So they, they might head bump you or purr or even try and groom you. It, it means um, your kitten's feeling relaxed and affectionate. However, if they, you know, if they start waving their tail um, or thumping their tail or you know raising their back, flattening their ears, yeah. they do do ease off. And and different kittens will have different personalities. So it's all about finding out what makes your kitten tick and and um you know not all will be super confident and affectionate um so yeah you'll have to you have to find out your your own um kitten's personality and and they will tell you what they're comfortable with so yeah. just never force anything yeah it's all very nuanced isn't it especially with cats so how about getting them used to having other people around any tips on that area yeah, so uh, uh, a lot of a kitten's early experiences will, won't be with you, but will be at the breeders. So the, a kitten's socialization window is slightly shorter than, than a puppy's, but okay. that doesn't mean that once you get them into your home, sort of all is lost and, and you can't teach them any anything new. But it's worth, you know, if you haven't got a kitten yet and you're, you're looking for one, to check um, the breeder's home. Is it a busy home? Does it mirror? You know, does the breeder have lots of children? Is that what you have? Because that that's more likely to be a, a, a good match. But yeah, make sure um, if you do normally have visitors around, do keep that, you know, keep that behaviour going, even when you've got a kitten, because you do want to get them used to, you know, your normal way of life, I guess. But um, as with everything else, little and often, always make sure your kitten's got a place to to hide, um, to run away to, and mm-hmm. never force them into it. Always make introductions gradually. And if you've got a visitor, you know, a kitten can be in the same room, but don't sort of go grab it to show off <laughs> to your yeah. visitor. You know, maybe give your visitor a little treat or a toy and see whether, whether your kitten will approach them you know themselves rather than them being forced into anything yeah the, the picking up and look at my lovely cat it's not it's not a it's, it's not tempting. a play thing it's tempting though yeah, um, no, they are adorable I... okay so is the development of a kitten's behavior 
dependent on genetics as well as environmental factors. So like, do they take after the parents? Do genes play an important role in a kitten's ability to interact with others? Yeah, so um, obviously their genes will will um, play a role. And I think like all animals and, and humans, you sort of have the whole nature versus nurture balance yeah. and then there will be a bit of both. So obviously their genes will, will sort of be programmed into a kitten and, and, and make them react in a certain way in certain circumstances. But obviously their life experiences, especially early life experiences, will actually influence whether that behavior is is expressed and to what level. So even within the same litter, who've all been brought up, you know, the same way, there can be quite a, a big difference in friendliness and general responses between them. And they obviously will have grown up in the same environment. So that can only be explained by 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 genes. So inheriting the parents' personalities does play a part then? Yeah, so I think still both, um, you know, genetics and the environment will will play a part. So um, the the behaviour characteristics of both parents will influence the behaviour of their of their offspring. However, in cats, as you can imagine, um, especially if they're not pedigree cats, I guess it's rarely possible to choose the father, or the father might not be known because that that that's just the, the way it is. Unlike in dogs, where we often say, you know, make sure. You, you check the, the um, personality of both mother and father, although even then often the stud dog isn't always um, available, but you probably have a bit more information than, than you yeah. do with kittens. So, yeah, they'll definitely be affected by, by their parents' um, sort of genetic makeup. But, you know, even timid kittens will still benefit from socialisation and sort of giving them that gradual environment to, to get used to certain situations and, and interaction with people, etc. They just might respond slower to it or it takes them a bit, a bit longer. So you, you did touch upon the, the, the socialisation window a, a minute ago, but is there a, a sensitive period for socialisation in kittens? Yeah, so there, there is a there is a, a period um, during which I guess particular events are especially likely to have long term effects on, on their development. And, and you know, I, I sort of briefly mentioned it earlier, but for kittens, it's quite early. It's between two and seven weeks of age. So a, a lot of their behavior is formed at that time, which, you know, you're unlikely to, to get your kitten at that time unless you've bred the litter. So, um, again, makes it really important to try and find out as much as you can about the environment your, your kitten's grown up in, if known. So if because if kittens are reared in an environment which does not give them new things to explore or 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 learn, they can find it quite hard to deal with new things later in life. Okay. Um, and so actually then being thrown into, you know, a family home can be can be can be quite stressful and fearful for them and risks, you know, developing, I guess, behavioral problems. So maybe inappropriate toileting or, or urine spraying in, in in response to anxiety and fear because they just can't cope um, with the environment. Yeah. So can you can you give me an example of of, of an environment or a situation that, that would actually affect them when they're very tiny? Yeah. So one example would be, you know, uh, um, a feral cat giving birth um, to kittens because the mother will be quite fearful of people and probably stay away from people as much as possible. Yeah. And, and so the kittens will never encounter a lot of, of human contact. So that will probably set them up to be to be quite fearful of, of, of people their entire lives. And so I would say they, they don't make very good family pets and they're probably better suited like somewhere like a farm or a stable yard as, yeah. as houses 
um, which they'll, you know, they'll thrive and have a great life, but yeah. um, not not in a family home. Okay, so going back to the socialisation window, most owners are welcoming a kitten into their lives when the kitten's sort of nine weeks or older. So at that stage, have you missed the, the opportunity to teach them new things or can you continue? So we talk about the sensitive period being two to seven weeks, but the socialization window, you know, probably has, has quite a bit more, more flex in it. And young animals in general are more receptive to, to new things, but you do yeah. want to introduce it gradually. So absolutely, as a, as a you know, kitten owner, you've still got a big role to play in, in that socialization process. Um, and, and, and that includes, you know, continuing to expose your kitten to as many sights, sounds, taste, texture, smells um, that, that um, you know, they might encounter in your home and so need to get used to. So, you know, things like um, obviously your cat carrier to go to the vets, vacuum cleaners, washing machine, tumble dryer, hair dryer, different types of floors, um, carpet, wooden floor, litter material, if you want to change it to, to maybe what the breeder was on, you know, expose them to that gradually, music, television, Different types of food, we've covered that in nutrition. Um, it's quite useful getting them used to different types of food because then generally they're more receptive later on if you do need to change it. Car journeys, a variety of furniture, and of course we've already discussed other pets, children and, and other people as well. Okay, so there's there's a lot you can do. And I was just reading earlier, there's a bit of research, that uh, said that kittens could actually be handled potentially by four or five different handlers, like male, female, adults and children before they're even seven weeks of age. So they might they might have had quite a lot of socialisation before they even come to you. So it's not a massive issue, but you do still obviously, as you say, continue to make sure that their environment is stimulating and they're getting absolutely everything that they need to acquire a, a, a balanced personality and learn stuff. Okay, so have you got anything else you'd like to add when it comes to getting to know the family and the environment before we sign off? Yeah, I think just being aware that obviously, you know, any any sort of novel objects and experiences um, need to be introduced gradually and yeah. gently. I can't stress that enough. Um, and don't overload them with too much stimulation all at once. So, you know, choose your time carefully when your kitten is active and responsive, but equally not overexcited. Um, and then build up those experiences gradually because that's more likely to, to create a, a positive outcome. Don't be discouraged if your kitten does react with fear or, or anxiety. You know, just take it back a notch and, and, and gradually try and build it back up. And it's it's really important. It's a massive investment in your kitten's future. And yeah, like you said, helps them cope with, with the challenges of everyday life in, in your home where they'll hopefully be for a very long time. Okay, well, that brilliant advice once again from Carly. And thank you so much for joining me. And uh, thanks to you for listening to this podcast. If you have anything particular you'd like us to talk about or simply let us know how we're doing with these episodes that we're putting out there for you and your kitten, please do get in touch at kittenpodcast at petsathome.co.uk. So the email address kittenpodcast at petsathome.co.uk. And you can also find us via at petsathomeuk on Instagram. And on Twitter, it's slightly different. Our tag on Twitter is at Pets at Home. And more information on how you can join the Kitten Club, which supports you and your kitten with expert advice and exclusive offers throughout their first year. All the information on that can be found on our website, petsathome.com. Okay, so that's everything tied up. Thanks so much, Carleen. See you next time. Yeah, see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.